Hey, I'm Brian Hyatt, and this is Rolling Stone Music Now. I have in the studio once again Rob Sheffield and Brittany Spanos. Hello. Hey. Hey. And today we thought we would talk about Mr. Justin Timberlake, who has become quite a controversial person lately. And you may have seen him on the Super Bowl. You may have seen his very good friend Prince on the sheet. <laughs> Prince appeared via sheet, and it allowed them to deny that it was a hologram. A hologram would have been offensive. This was just a guy on a sheet. What's wrong with that? <laughs> but Justin, even before the Super Bowl performance, there's been a, a huge sort of critical backlash towards him. In fact, not only before the Super Bowl performance, not only before the album came out, before anyone even heard a full song from the album, there was a trailer for the album, and that sparked the backlash because people didn't like the trailer. So that's been looming, and obviously it all came in the first place with his previous Super Bowl performance and what people see as a sort of inadequate apology for the Janet Jackson incident and sort of throwing Janet under the bus, allegedly. But Rob and Brittany, let's start with the Super Bowl performance, because that sort of stands aside from the larger picture. What do we think of the Super Bowl performance? Brittany, you said something like it, it rose to the level of mediocre, at least. Yeah, I did not totally hate the Super Bowl performance. I thought that I was expecting to, especially after the hologram news hit on Saturday, I was very, like, just guarded with like how I was going to approach this and embrace this because I thought that was just an initially bad idea because the whole print hologram news kind of broke the night the night before but yeah I I think Justin's one of the greatest performers of the century and I think he's an excellent dancer an excellent singer I mean just the number of songs that he has that are so ingrained in our consciousness that have been so influential to pop music in the 2000s is incredible and I'm glad that he focused so much on that entire history and i mean barring any in sync re- reunion which was another bad idea but was it that would have been i think a everyone bad idea that been, you didn't have it sorry oh okay oh, oh <laughs> right i right. thought it was happening at right. one point there were yeah. like a few random dancers on stage and i thought no way he had hey, four backup JC, male dancers Chris. yes exactly <laughs> it was like i'll have literally anybody who isn't in sync yeah. on my stage right now um <laughs> It's interesting. It's something, a a weird theme through Justin's career is people always have really kind of overblown, I I don't want to say overblown, but like extremely excessive seeming reactions to him, even when he does the most mild mannered sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that even leading up to 2020, like people were like having, they had blogs that were like, has Justin Timberlake released new music? I think there's, there was so much anticipation build up to him relaunching his music career because he took such a large hiatus. Then he came back. People were really excited about it. Then they took some time with it and they were like, 2020, maybe not that great. And then so the expectations were kind of even more lowered by the time that we got (laughs) to Man of the Woods era and the Super Bowl performance, which is his third time at the Super Bowl. And I feel like people have also had a lot of time to rethink the situation with Janet and, you know, realize that there was a lot that he did wrong and that she took a lot of blame, especially kind of going over the reaction to it and her response and how she had to, how her career kind of her career really suffered from that and he was able to thrive and people were expecting more from him. But so I think by the Super Bowl, I think it was just like a bad, I don't think he should have done a third Super Bowl performance. I think that it was a reminder of the Janet thing. It was a reminder. And and it feels like someone on his team should have said, you know what? Maybe that's not a territory you want to return to because it's the single most problematic territory of your career. But there's something blithe about Justin, isn't there? He doesn't, he's not really a worrier, is he? He's got supplies, as he said. (laughs) And it's funny that even before Justified came out, when it was 
Just in Sync, people were already talking about how awesome Justin's solo career was going to be. People assumed that that his records were going to be great. There was a void for that kind of pop star at the time. And he really, he fit that void perfectly. And and it's not just that he was the right guy at the right place, but something about him, like, so appealing to people that justified, which is, you know, a a really totally competent Y2K era pop record. You know, it's good. It's maybe 8% better than the Will of Ford record. But (laughs) something about Justin's personality made people really, really want to, like, excessively celebrate this record. In fact, before they'd even heard it. Yeah. Oh, so you, that's interesting. So you feel that not only has the periodic backlashes against him been kind of excessive but a lot of the praise he received was similarly excessive is that kind of what you're saying yeah, absolutely it's yeah. it's something there's something about him that you know that something what is it very attractive like very appealing very um very cool in many many senses of the word very uh common many senses of the word i had a lot of problems with justified in the early part of the solo career just you know i didn't like that album at all total transparency interlude i'm, I'm a pretty big britney fan i was so aggressively pro britney in that breakup that i found the crimea river video was sort of a mm-hmm. that was that was a burn a, a bridge he burned to the uh, rob community consisting i guess entirely of me and maybe six or seven other britney hardcore fans around the country but but so i thought justified at the time i i thought it was uh, for people who don't way out of for, for people who don't remember let's break that down what was the uh, issue with the crimea river video it was the worst fedora based drag yeah. of all time <laughs> because he, he had um basically there are a lot of rumors that Britney had cheated on Justin with one for backup dancers, Wade Robson. Who and later, not to be, you know, just factually later, sued the Michael Jackson estate for alleged molestation by Michael Jackson. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Okay. That is still, last I checked, that is still going on. So the Wade is a, a weird locus of pop star controversies, yeah. but go on. Yeah. So he was her backup dancer. And I mean, there were also rumors that Justin had cheated on Britney. Like there, there were already very much, there was a lot going on, but basically they broke up. And Justin released Cry Me River, his debut solo song, had this video that basically had a Britney lookalike. And the video was him going into uh, like his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend's house and like filming a sex tape with another girl. And there was a girl with like a fedora, which was Britney's look at that time. And you just kind of see her walking out. It was like the low rise Britney jeans and the fedora and the crop top. And I was like, this is rude these are such traumatic memories for me like i know i hated justified so much what was it about you like about you and justified i mean i feel like for me with that time and i think this is something that a lot of we see this going on with um camila cabello and with zane malik and all these artists who leave their groups at the height of their fame and for me i was 10 and i was just like this is the rudest possible thing you can do. And I didn't even like Britney Spears at the time because she was dating Justin Timberlake. And I was like, that's rude. <laughs> and I just thought it was a very like inappropriate thing for him to do to I, another person. I'm totally with you. You know, I really believe- And also I didn't like in, the album. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, you know, honestly, like the album, it's 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 mediocre in a way that pop was, was competent and mediocre. Pop was, you know, that, that, that was a time, 2002 yeah. was not a great year for that kind of thing. So Justified was a record that was very much of its time, not hugely better than its time. But well, sorry. here's the thing, though. Oh. I, I saw him as a singles artist at, at that time. I might still, really. And I think leaving aside the video, Cry Me a River, and I'm far from alone on this. The song uh, has is, held is, up very well. It's an absolutely amazing song. And if you, uh, if, yeah. you, if you recall, it's ironic given that Rob Sheffield himself is here, but Cry Me a River at the time was sort of the location of a lot of poptimism debates because people would point to cry, the sort of spectacular greatness of Crimea River 
as an example of the kind of song that should be getting as much praise as, as for example, the White Stripes or something. Let's hear that song. You were my son. You were my earth. You didn't know all the ways I loved you. So, uh, you know. Yet he achieves his growing up after leaving boy band with like a, an injection of, of rock slash hip hop misogyny into yeah. a pop context, which I found very. We weren't saying problematic back then, which was a good thing. <laughs> a, a point point for 2002. But uh, but yeah, I, I hated that song on a number of different. Well, without getting into a, uh, a full gossip mode, let's say he was actually wronged by Britney. Let's say or by a Let's say well, that I think she they actually, both confirmed that yeah. they both cheated on each other. So, well, they yeah. were pop stars yeah. on tour in yeah. 2002. Yeah. If they yeah. weren't cheating yeah. on each other, they were idiots. Remember the VMA? Why, why am I asking if you remember this? Of course, you remember <laughs> this, like when they're wearing denim on the red carpet yeah. together. They, I believe they I walked them. by me in that denim once. I was at a after part, a Grammy after party, and the two of them walked by in their denim, and it, it, it is uh, it is not a moment I will ever forget. I will say that. Yes. <laughs> even in person, and even at the time, it didn't look like a good outfit. But I think the thing with Justified, and barring any sort of, barring the fact that it is just musically mediocre, especially when you think about 2020 Experience, which I think is an excellent album. Wow. Or not, twi- no, sorry. Future Sex Love Sound. Okay, yeah, all right. Sorry. Yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> Ignore me. All right. The, hot, the hot take sound. just reached our, our the heads almost exploded. 2020 Experience, yeah, bad album. Future Sex Love Sounds, a classic album. But yeah, I think Justified is one of the most influential albums of the 21st century even though I think it is a bad album. And I think it is the one of the most influential albums because it set the bar for what it meant to transition into adulthood out of teen pop stardom. Like every single teen pop artist who has broken away from a pop group, has broken away from Disney, has broken away from childhood stardom, has tried to create their own Justified. And some to varying levels of success, but I think they've all manage to copy that exact formula of what Justified is. Well, let's talk about also about the other single, because again, I basically see that album as two singles that I kind of love and then don't care at all about the rest. Um, do you guys like Rock Your Body? No. What? <laughs> it's, 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 it's a copycat of yeah. Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Exactly. <laughs> an amazing copycat of Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Amazing is a, is a little excessive. Yeah. It was fine for 2002. Yeah. It was not a good time for radio pop, and that song kind of epitomizes why. I like Like I Love You. Like I Love You and Cry Me River, I did enjoy. But like future... Future love, blood sugar, sex, magic, whatever the hell it's called. That's 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 really great. That's the one where, like, that's as a as a album. as a skeptic about Justin's solo career, I uh, I that that album is just undeniable. Let's, right? let's yeah. just hear "Like I Love You" for a second. The, the loop live drums actually age really well. It's a really cool production thing. That's yeah, I like the song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Future Sex Love Sounds, uh, what's interesting about him and the fact that he did take such a long hiatus after that album before 2020 Experience is, I feel like he's tried to repeat everything he did with that album by making these really large songs, these really excessive interludes. 2020 Experience really suffered from him trying to make Future Sex. And I think... That Man of the Woods is a little bit... I like Man of the Woods. I, like, I don't think it's excellent. I don't think it's better than Future Sex. I think it's better than Justified, but I think it's like sort of that weird in-between. But he's still suffering so much from the fact that he found authenticity in excessiveness, and he can't seem to tone back to making more minimalist pop music. It's a really brilliant way to put it. 
Yeah. Rob, what did you think of uh, 2020 experience? Uh, I I didn't get into, I don't really like anything on 2020 experience. My impression, it was one of those things where it was actually getting critical praise when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept going to it and trying to see what I was missing. And finally, I was like, I don't think I'm missing anything. I think this is incredibly boring and useless. So I, I don't know. I, I just I just never got anything off of that. The fact that it's so interesting that when people are actually out of ideas, it's not uncommon to go, let's do a double album or twin albums. Isn't it interesting how often that happens? Because it's like when Green Day hit the complete sort of they hit the wall for a while then there were just like three albums in a row like, but it's like we have nothing and so much of it i feel like it it's a way that people compensate for subconsciously at least knowing that they don't actually have anything is if they throw a lot at you it will just seem like there's something anyway let's hear cabaret You know, before Migos, <laughs> Timbaland was the king of ad-libs. And eventually he just ran out of ad-libs, as you hear in that, on that song, and just kind of did stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> we, we've, just, we've just roasted Justin, <laughs> Justin's entire career practically for 14 minutes. At the same time, though, what is excessive about the, the criticism at the moment, or what strikes you as a little bit ridiculous? It was a classic case of everything that kind of becomes wrong with how we consume music right now which is a lot of assumptions were made about the album before anyone heard anything in the album <laughs> people saw that preview trailer and it was Let, let's break that down for a minute so there was a preview yeah. trailer where basically just like justin remade man versus wild and he's just like in a bunch of outdoorsy scenarios in one case wearing a giant blanket yeah, yeah. it looks just like a like a bass pro ad like it's <laughs> insane and it's just like him and jessica beale and they're just like being really cute and like you know, and grass. the title "Man of the Woods." Man of the Woods, which is based is his name. His son's name Silas is like the meaning of Silas is Man of the Woods, which like makes it cuter, but also like you didn't have to lean that much into. Like imagine Justin chopping wood. Yeah, like, I, what a visual! We're doing a great job of defending Justin Timberlake here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, love, we're trying to set the context here. I love Justin. I love <laughs> to roast. Like, like allow the, us yeah. to the defend anti, you. The yeah. anti the anti Justin hysteria is is overblown, but that's but the, like the nature of his charm is such that people have like insane expectations for yeah. him. Well, here's what I would say: is you know that trailer, and it's worth watching. People listening to check this out and just see what the vibe. No, it's just just to really because it because here's why: it's quite funny. It's cute. It's funny. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And but it sparked think pieces that basically basically said he was you know pivoting back to whiteness. That yes. was one idea that he was going to abandon, even though Pharrell is in the freaking one minute trailer, like 10% of the trailer is him in the studio with Pharrell. They're like, well, he's pivoting away from quote unquote black music and into whiteness and he's moved to the woods to get away from diversity. There was actually a, there was actually a, more than a couple think pieces about that. Mm-hmm. And there was one epic think piece in BuzzFeed that concluded by comparing him, I think, to Donald Trump Jr., or yeah. possibly senior, I can't remember, or both. Just to quickly yeah. like explain to where a lot of it came from was in the last few years, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement, Justin has remained very silent, and I think a lot of people were begging artists who have benefited a lot from utilizing black music, a lot of white artists who benefited from using black music to speak out and say something. And I know that um, uh, Vic Mensa did a really great 
piece. I think it was on um, some type of some late night talk show where he talked about how Justin was staying so silent and being really dismissive. And he said, all lives matter at one point, I think. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. But it was a lot of there were a lot of issues kind of brewing that weren't really making a strong case for the Justin country comeback that actually didn't never happen. But I think a lot of people were very wary and cautious of the idea of him going towards a wider genre and a wider image and or like what they deemed to be a wider image so that's why there was like a lot of worry around that his biological dad was in a bluegrass band and he's from nashville he's i've been expecting a justin country album for a long time and i was a little disappointed it wasn't actually a bluegrass country (laughs) album because he did this amazing cma performance two years ago with Chris Stapleton, which has led to their uh, Say Something collaboration now, where they sang Drink, Drink You Away, which was much more of a country song and was on 2020 Experience. We've had we've been saying with that for years, clearly no one listened to 2020 Experience and thought they all liked it. <laughs> I just want to go back to this. So, so Justin didn't literally say All Lives Matter, but uh, he replied to a journalist with a reply that the journalist characterized as he basically said All Lives Matter to me. So yeah. what happened was, after Justin said he was inspired by a Jesse Williams speech at the BAT Awards, a journalist tweeted at him, so does this mean you're going to stop appropriating our music and culture? And apologize to Janet too, hashtag BAT Awards. And so Justin's reply to this, he quote tweeted that tweet and said, oh, you sweet soul. The more you realize that we are the same, the more we can have a conversation. Bye. So, you know, he's not fully <laughs> cognizant, perhaps, of these debates around yes. appropriation. I think he literally had no idea what the guy was talking about. You know, I would say, do you think Justin Timberlake is in any way a deep thinker? No. <laughs> and I, I do think, to his credit, I think he did, um, in the time since, start to say more about um, police brutality and about Black Lives Matter. And I think during the um, election year, he did become a little bit more political and started talking talking more outwardly about these issues but i think it was just like a bad response at a really bad time terrible and he was an artist that was for a lot of people just like the base example for a lot of these issues in music a lot of especially around the miley cyrus bangers era like he was someone that people referenced a lot because if we remember his cornrows no one can forget that i've spent years trying (laughs) i was doing really good until you just just brought them back it's, to mind. It's mine. gonna be in your I head. Love, I, lo- I love how you're like, like dredging like all my like my most deeply suppressed Justin traumas like to the surface. Something about like his easygoing charm is part of what what enabled him to like to coast out of in sync. It enabled him to coast through his his uh, his solo career years, and to an extent, his easygoing charm. It, it's something that's that's held very much against him now. I guess live by the easygoing charm, die by the easygoing charm. Mm-hmm. So the new album is called Man of the Woods. And we were saying the trailer got a brutal reaction. It got dissected in literally ten, tens of thousands of words based on a one minute trailer. And people did, as Brittany was saying, they thought it was some kind of country album yes. without any real evidence. Yeah. And, and there was, that said, there are country tinges to Man of the Woods, for sure. I mean, and Gat, Chris and Stapleton. And to yeah. Justin Timberlake's whole career, which yeah. is also the weird part about all that shock and awe about the idea that he would even like broach country in any way is that he's an artist of most of the artists who have attempted country could actually make a really good country album. But that being said, the album is actually a funk album and it's got, it's just like mostly just like funk beats with a little bit of country tinges on the ballads and in sort of the imagery of it. And it's like a little bit more just country in the sense of 
the scenes that he's setting in a lot of this album which is fascinating but people immediately assumed i was going to be a country album then he dropped filthy which is the complete opposite of a country song let's hear that song you know to backtrack for a minute we forgot the other thing he's done that is it's as if he's getting all the wrong advice which is that he he just was in a woody allen movie yes and and was and was pledging support for women post woody allen Mm -hmm. without ever you know sort of getting into any of that there's just like a lot of bad timing too it's almost comical right he just yeah it's like he's just stepping into every possible hole and then just sort of blithely bouncing up and not understanding what the big deal is, right? Isn't that sort of what it is? It for sure is. I think that (laughs) the fact that he has not said a word about it and I think a lot of... And I mean, we're seeing this and it's it's not just to him in general. We're seeing that with the movie that Woody Allen made with Timothee Chalamet and Selena Gomez and Selena Gomez has gotten a lot of backlash from fans for participating in that film, especially since it was filmed after the Dylan Farrow allegations were made even more public. And so I think that with it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out with a lot of artists. Someone at, at the still just existing Newsweek made a, a good list of Justin Timberlake headlines that really capture the moment. It's incredible. Get ready. <laughs> Justin Timberlake is officially uncool now. Justin Timberlake is rebranding as a white man. Remember when Justin Timberlake was good. Justin Timberlake is widely mocked after unveiling new album. Quote, listens to Bonnie Vera once. Justin Timberlake gets roasted from Man in the Woods track list. Dylan Farrell drags Justin Timberlake. Rose McGowan slams Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Justin Timberlake's fake wokeness and lack of accountability won't fly in 2018. Prince mocking white guy Justin Timberlake to hold Paisley Park event. And let's go back to the Prince thing, actually. Yeah. Because here's the problem with the Prince thing. It's not just... If he did this tribute to Prince just completely in the abstract, I'm not sure it'd be that big a deal just based on the idea that he's sort of a, a white guy who's appropriated black music and who is he? Because you could actually say, well, he's if he didn't pay tribute to Prince in Minneapolis, that would, could be offensive too. I think mm-hmm. someone could argue. However, what again, he seems to maybe have this a weirdly weak memory or just doesn't care it's that blitheness again but i mean he had a feud with prince that was never resolved in their lifetime and that's just where it for me that's where it just seems a little nuts and i think if he had directly addressed that and said look i'm doing this because i feel bad we had this silly little feud with prince Mm -hmm. and and we never resolved it and in fact he's you know one of my greatest heroes and i want to pay tribute to him i think Really, I think most people wouldn't have a problem. Yeah, just to break down the feud, it please, was... Please, break it down. Justin released Sexy Back, which, from a very good album. Prince, I don't know where he made the statement, but he gave an interview statement. I think someone might have asked him about Justin, and he said, who said Sexy Never Left? Um, which is, you know, kind of like a light thing. And then Justin, of course, because he was just a jerk in his 20s, as any pop star who's been famous since they were 12 would be, um... He in the song in a song with um Timbaland and Nelly Furtado he had the line "Give it to me" is the song. Give it to me, yeah. Um, I don't remember the exact line, but he basically quoted Prince and he goes uh, he goes We missed you on the charts last week. Yes, damn, that's right, you wasn't there. Now if sexy never left, why is everybody on my shit? Don't hate on me just because you didn't come up with it. Yeah, (laughs) 
And it's like, why, why go after Prince? He posed a very good question. Who said sexy never left? That's a pretty good question from Prince. It's also the, the idea that these two particular men were arguing over just the concept of sexy and whether it left or was back. Peak is, pop star food. It, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. great. What do you make of that, Rob? We wanted a, APB on the whereabouts of sexy during the years when, you know, he, he's clumsy in terms of like, you know, trying to engage with people who are angry at him. Honestly, looking at his background, that's not so hard to see how that would be a personality trait that would be very strong in him. It's not necessarily an unusual trait for, for showbiz kids, let's put it that way. And he comes out of this Disney Mouseketeer environment, and part of what always set him apart from that is uh, is his ability to ameliorate and his ability to, with that easygoing charm, when there are people around him who are very high-strung and very unstable and very snapping off, Justin is the reliable guy, and that's something that always came across all through his solo career. I'm not talking about his personal life. I'm talking about the fact that Justin is always being Justin in a way that is easygoing charm that people really like respond to, and that, that's something that always um, enabled him to sort of surmount uh, the sort of you know micro controversies that that always dog pop stars is is he always had that 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 chill quality. Let's hear uh, "Give It to Me" the the song in which Justin gave a, a Prince diss that now seems like a very bad idea. Even the fact that he chose Prince's "I I Would Die for You" something with the word "die" in it just yeah. uh, even the, it's, it's just it's just. Everything's just a little like, off. Okay, I guess this is the essence. The essence of Justinism is that like everything he does is you know is is draggable. Yeah, I think to partially defend half of the Prince tribute, I think that making the city purple was a really beautiful moment. It was actually, yeah. I think he should have done just that. I think that would have been. I think he could have like. I would have loved for him to do like a quick like little cover by himself by himself without doing the sheet because, I mean that was a reference to Prince's Super Bowl performance and the really iconic part with like, hit like the silhouette of Prince with his guitar which was really cool, could have stayed with that Prince Super Bowl performance and I think he could have done a quick little cover, and then, made the city purple at the end. I think that would have been beautiful instead of can't stop this feeling. I have to say the the, the absolute low point of that Super Bowl performance was, for me was his little uh oh. Uh oh, into into that <laughs> unbelievably bad can't stop this feeling song. Like like really an uh oh like you're like dropping that uh oh like you're about to do something really mischievous and naughty. I was like, that is the most uncalled for uh oh in the history of music. So, oh boy, I can't believe I'm gonna do this. That god awful song about the trolls. Is there well, anything naughtier than doing the song from the yeah, trolls soundtrack? Yeah, I, I that uh oh that that was that was a real camel breaking straw. In, for in me. a minute I'm going to defend the incredible song Can't Stop the Feeling from You Terrible Snobs. But the uh, the but but before we get to that, Rock Your Body, the the part that really bugged people was he actually edged up to the part of Rocket Body that upon which the Janet reveal happened and then you know backed off from it which was also a little too cute in fact seems borderline this is actually I think sums up everything we're talking about that he would tease that moment of the song and think that was cute seems it's just ill-advised it's just if you just get slightly better advice some of these things wouldn't happen i don't yeah. know what do you think i have a question for you about his outfit at the super bowl yeah which which we've been very kind brian you're accusing us of being hard on justin this is how much we love him we've made it like half an hour into this conversation and we have not the words neck like red neck kerchief have not come up at any point um 
what was what was your response to what he what he wore <laughs> and the costume changes he chose not to do like in terms of like committing to that outfit well, describe like, first of all describe it because some people may not have focused on it. there's so much else to focus on my favorite description <laughs> of it that i read and i saw a lot was that it looks like a big buck hunter game which if you've ever been in like a weird midwestern bar or like any sort of like just like kitschy bro bar like there's always big buck hunter and it looks exactly like that arcade game um yeah i mean i feel like i'm dragging justin so much and i do really enjoy him as he's one of my favorite pop stars i think he's one of the most influential pop stars of the 21st century blah 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 he's so draggable that said <laughs> that outfit was so bad and i just I think it also just fits into his general look of like he tends to have really terrible outfits except for in the 2020 experience just like shockingly his worst album and like he had a great just like suit look for the yeah, entire are there, time are there other examples of worst oh, album best outfits in in, in, in in pop history can we think of one I, I feel like that, oh, the, there must be there must worst be worst album best outfit I, I feel like the, the, that's probably an entire uh, gallery yeah, yes <laughs> yeah my mind's just gonna spin I, I, I thought if there's anyone who could get that off the top of the top of their heads it might be YouTube but but yes yeah, so we'll, we'll work on that that's gonna be a 20 part uh, listicle on the, on the site soon but what was he trying to convey it's interesting because the performance itself and what I loved about it is that it wasn't so Man of the Woods heavy, but that outfit was just like, by the way, <laughs> that new album's out. And it's just like so weird to do when you're not even committing to doing the album there. So it's just like, it's like, might as, why not just do like a fun outfit change? Why not wear a suit? Like that would have been fun. But I don't know. It's just like, it was so weird to do that nod to an album that he wasn't even performing. Let's go to t- Can't Stop the Film Show. It's bad. Okay, listen, I am quite aware that I am fighting a a, a, a tough battle on this song. I, I fought it. I know how basically everyone else feels about it, except not like the world or any child under 10 who loves that yeah. song because they have good taste. But what is it that you hate so much about that song? It sounds like someone sped up happy and then like threw it in a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That it's so anonymous and and so anthemic at the same time. It's a bad combination. Yeah, it comes off as bland and manipulative and cynical in a way that Justin never never seems that cynical. Where he's yeah. like, "Here's a crummy song that I'm dressing up have like you, a great song." Have you seen Trolls? Okay, no. <laughs> total total transparency interlude number two, Brian. I have not seen the motion picture Trolls. Let me let me tell you something. Nor Tro- do I plan to see the motion picture Trolls. Very solid movie, and in context, it's so lovely. He finds in his context. joy again. Okay, he, in context. His character is so sweet. He is a troll who, after the loss of his beloved grandmother, and this is, by the way, his best performance of his career, he is a troll who lost his beloved grandmother, and he therefore he lost the sort of ability or desire to sing. And what a great setup to have Justin Timberlake as that character, because you know, Aww. you know that it that is going to come. And when it comes, it's just rainbows and joy. And I, just, I, I think you need to open yourself up to it. I just want to say that. <laughs> to recap, if you do not like this song, you do not like troll grandmothers. That's For right. shame. The great surprise twist of this podcast is that Brian, the most impassioned defense of Justin came with Brian talking about trolls. Yeah, I That's can't right. believe this, like, he was sitting on that for this long. You know, the other side of him is his is actor and sort of comedic performer. And it's interesting. I mean, is it? Well, it, I mean, that's the other side. That's what he spends a lot of time doing, besides like wearing large He's blankets. He's very good at yeah. those. Yeah, but so I, I love that people are making the listens to Bonnie Vair joke when he literally like parody Bonnie Vair on Saturday Night Live yeah. years ago. It's like he's you know he's ahead of you there. He is 
in some kind of partnership over the years with Jimmy Fallon. And that's what I was going to say. Who introduced him. Yes. At the Super Bowl. Exactly. And, They're very yeah. good together. Yeah. Yes. So it's interesting, though, that the culture has similarly turned against Jimmy Fallon, another guy who just seemed like kind of okay, like everyone liked him. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, we don't like, we're, we're, we're sick of that exact guy right now. Right? Yeah. yeah I mean, I think <laughs> Jimmy was similarly just like, not the best political commentator to go to. Like he, like I'm not going to go to Jimmy Fallon to speak out on the issues that matter to the, me. The ruffling Trump's hair was a very was sort of so Justin, bad. but it's sort of a very Justin Timberlake thing to do. Yeah. And then and then and be like, what? What I do? Like like what? It was fun, you yeah. know. It's just that sort of it it, it, it it's, it's it's the kind of thing where where they're resented for not speaking to controversies, but they have no absolutely nothing in their skill set suggests that they would be good at that yeah. and and their track records have shown that they're not good at that mm-hmm. something some, something i'm going to talk about something i admired about justin in his response to a controversy and i could be wrong about this he put out a single a few years ago called take back the night and he explained in, in in terms that i found at the time very touching that he just had no idea and he said like i've been learning a lot you know about about this movement and about this tradition and and i guess I found that kind of response to be like, you know, the best case scenario, Justin Timberlake response to controversy is I didn't know about this, which is not so hard to understand. He didn't go to college or anything, but you know, I have been moved learning about this. He should just have, that should be his pinned tweet. You know, I didn't know this. I'm learning about it. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that should be his pinned tweet. Like really, that was such a good response to that controversy. Mm -hmm. That was the kind of response that people look to, more of from Justin Timberlake but it's it's just a lot to expect of any pop star and way too much to expect from this particular one I guess yes. like Jimmy Fallon they just weren't made for these times I guess but you're listening to Rolling Stone music now we're, we're talking as gently as possible about Justin Timberlake and his new album Man in the Woods that people thought was a country album and isn't really a country album it's something a little more complex than that and it also is an album that people wanted to destroy in the reviews they really want to say it's just total garbage and that's not really fair and it does speak to a thing right now where people don't want to really find a middle ground and the fact is this is an album where you you start out it starts out really strong and then goes less strong and that's mm-hmm. so it has a bunch of great songs on it and a bunch of not so great songs right Brenner? yeah it's a an album that much like 2020 and something that we talked about earlier which is just giving much more than much more material than you really need to the album is much too long um a lot of the songs are too long there are too many interludes there's just like it takes away from the really special moments that i find to be the first half of maybe the first seven songs of the album i think are really great and really fascinating beats i think some of his best vocal and best weird vocal performances um and just kind of like a fun funk album and then it gets a little slow, it gets a little more to that country style, and then a lot of ballads kind of make the um, the tone of the album just kind of dour and weird. Do you still think he has a good country album in him? Oh yeah, I for sure, and I don't think he'll ever release it now, which is very disappointing, but I think he could have made a really great country album. 
It was actually my brother, shout out to Eric Hyatt, who first pointed out to me that Inside Llewyn Davis was a good showcase for mm-hmm. Justin's rootsy stylings. Yeah. And by the way, that was a that was an impeccable Justin Timberlake performance. Could we just say that he was he was yeah. he was perfect? That was, that was definitely one of the highlights of his acting career. Sean Parker uh, keeps calling to yeah, complain that we're not mentioning just a, how great he was playing Sean Parker in the Social Network. And, and that was so that was another that was perfect. So those were two. Yeah. That, his, so yeah. his acting career actually had. You guys were mocking. Yeah. Great at this. Yes. You guys were mocking my uh, okay. mention of his it's acting funny, career. It's had a mostly bad. I, 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 I talked to Sean Parker in 2000 for Rolling Stone. I was doing the first piece on Napster and. Uh, and I was talking to Sean Fanning and Sean Parker, and and uh, they were they were laughing at me because I had just written about the new Britney Spears album. Oops, I did it again, which I loved. And Sean Parker was like so outraged that I liked this album. And I only wish, in retrospect, I'd said someday her boyfriend will play you in a movie. <laughs> so Sean Parker was a rockist, is what we we're finding out. He was <laughs> he, he the way that Justin like sort of crosses over into different genres, you know, acting like yeah. you know and and manages to seem like really relaxed and not not you know not pushing it too hard in all these different areas he could do drama comedy all these different things it's really weird and really unusual sort of trait for a pop star to have yeah there's a great song right at the beginning of the album called midnight summer jam on man of the woods and i you know it's one of those things again when you start out an album and track two is that strong you're like this is going to be great what's everyone's problem let's hear that song That song's amazing, and it's a, it's a Neptunes production, by the way. Uh, the Neptunes didn't want to work with Justin for a while because of the, a whole. They had a whole thing with his label. This is a sort of an interesting side note, uh, having to do with the clips not being able to get off Jive. It was a whole thing, and they they actually it, it hurt Justin's music for a while. But man, that pairing really works. And and mm-hmm. I, I think it was Migos who said that the Neptunes walk around with beats. You know, like Pharrell has beats in some kind of like hard drive suitcase that go back a decade. Yeah, it was Migos. They use the, on the new Migos album, there's like a beat from 2007 on there. So that's some killer Neptune's beat that who knows how long that's mm-hmm. been sitting around. But then the album takes the album takes some turns. There's an amazing <laughs> there's an amazing interlude called Hers Interlude that features Jessica Biel. And let's let's hear that. Shirt. It feels like like his skin over mine. Dude, come on. It just makes me more upset because it's like <laughs> he dated Cameron Diaz for so long and didn't release music while they were dating. We never got a Cameron Diaz just interlude on future sex or anything. <laughs> It's it's not too just late. Passing out interludes it's not to too late. Well, when I wore his shirts, it's also the the track listing came out early too, and that was just so roastable. After the, it's just like, yeah, I think he was setting himself up for a lot of these assumptions about what the album would be. Well, yeah, there's lit- so you release that sort of woodsy trailer, and then there's a song called Supplies, which yeah. does turn out to be a pseudo survival like song. Living off the land, breeze off the pond, and like none of these songs are country songs. Montana, so it's weird. You know, the hard stuff, which was co-written uh, with Chris Stapleton, so there, it's correct to assume there. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. But it's very much a Timbaland, Neptune's production type of album, so. 
So closing thoughts in our last minute here, Rob. What's to say about Justin? Something about him. He he's he's still got that charm. He'll always have that charm. What can I? God must have spent a little more time on him. <laughs> so you're saying you can't really stop the feeling? Is what you're saying? I can I can stop that feeling. <laughs> okay. That feeling is very stoppable. Brittany, I am always hoping for the best for Justin, and I think that this album was suffered from a lot of the times and a lot of what happens with music and how people brand it and how we get it and receive it and want to respond right away. But I'm still hoping for a country album from him. And I think that people need to realize that he would be very good at that. (laughs) I'm not even sure if the general populace is aware that there is a backlash sort of the vast yes. middle of a you know absolutely not i wouldn't be surprised if we get the numbers for this album it's insane for the first week sales and his tour is going to do great the funny thing is if justin himself actually has no idea of any of what we're talking about he's like things are going great oh no <laughs> and he thinks he released a classic album and you know in the end he's an he's an important artist as you said he seems like a good guy this will probably all blow over and we'll be on to the next roasting and you know maybe Katy Perry will do something. It's all going to be okay. The t- and that's the truth about Justin Timberlake. In the end, you know he's going to be fine. And maybe that's what people find so utterly maddening. It's all going to be fine for Justin Timberlake. It always has <laughs> and always will be. So this has been today's Rolling Stone Music Now. I'm Brian Hyde, and I was in the studio with the great Rob Sheffield and the great Brittany Spanos. And we'll be back next week here on SiriusXM's Volume Channel 106 at 1 p.m. Eastern next Friday. In the meantime, we are a podcast. You can download and subscribe to us as a podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And you could also maybe leave a review for us, especially on iTunes. We love getting them if they're nice or if they're fair. And I read every single one of them. And in the meantime, we will see you next week. Thanks for everything. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.